Hello and welcome to Super Saturdays, a comic book media podcast where we rank media by its story, impact, and visuals to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A. And I'm Jay Hayward. In each episode, we'll be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies. In this episode, we decided to dive into what has probably been the grossest and most unnecessarily ultra-violent comic that we could have possibly picked. Just truly bizarre, and I loved every moment of it. And I hope you guys do as well as we go into the chaotic minds of Martin and Brett Parson in Tank Girl, Two Girls, One Tank. A story filled with weird shit and an ending that kind of made the story feel... Well, how about we find out today? On with the show. Okay, so, wow. <laughs> Two Girls, one. one Tank came out in 2016. Um, I'm just, woo. All right, that, this book was wild. Like you said with the introduction, this book was just all over the place, but like in a really good way. And it felt like kind of like a treat for fans who've been reading the book. But... It was yeah, a wild which ride. Is not us. Yeah, that is not us, though. <laughs> like disclaimer. <laughs> we are not part of that. Disclaimer, soups. This is the most randomest book we could have possibly chosen, and I'm not that well versed on Tank Girl, and uh, neither is Jay. So bear with us. Um, a lot of yeah. the stuff that we learned was through research, and some of it was just learned from us just reading the book. But you know what? Like I said, this book came out in 2016. Do you know what was happening in the comic book world when this book came out, Jay? Yeah, uh, a couple things that were really cool. Two comics of mine that I enjoy also came out in this year. That was uh, The Flintstones, a Hanna-Barbera comic series that was run with DC. I just learned about it recently. A mm. friend of mine, Todd, who is a producer on this fan series uh, for Power Rangers with his friend and mine, Justin Weber. So check that out. Jim Paladins is out. We're currently working on Rail Riders is the name. Uh, I did not name it. So if you have any questions about that, please send them to Justin. But along with Flintstones coming out, there was also the first issue of Snot Girl releasing. Snot Girl? Yeah, yeah it's about like this... Um, she has, like, this weird, like, radioactive green snot. No, why did you have to like, sniffle this... before saying that, though? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, how to explain it. Come snot on girl. Okay. Go ahead. Tell, yeah, tell I guess her. Uh, and she's, like, this fashion blogger, and there's, like, tons of different, like, drama because she's not, like, the best person in the world. And uh, it's made by Brian Lee O'Malley, who's also made... Uh, a graphic novel that I'm a fan of, Seconds, and most popularly, Scott my Pilgrim. favorite, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Honestly, I really want to check it out now that you said that. And uh, I'm a fan of just crazy-ass stories and crazy names because you laugh at first, but then when you actually read it, it's like, oh, this shit means business. Um, you know, another thing that was happening in 2016, which I'm surprised you didn't touch on, is DC Rebirth. It was their biggest, like, rebrand yeah. situation. And... It was at the ass end of the New 52. And basically, Rebirth was kind of like a back to basics for DC Comics, where they kind of took what you liked the New 52, but then they also took what you liked about pre-52. And yeah, they basically said New 52, yeah, no, nah, this is all the same. We're just mixing it together now. Most popular of the three, I believe, is either, what was it, Batman or Wonder Woman? I think Wonder Woman inevitably sold more i think yeah i think so superman was um very popular too like a lot of people who didn't even read superman were reading it because uh we got the introduction of uh jonathan kent in rebirth holy shit yeah mm -hmm. which is now like such a popular character and uh weirdly enough has not really been in a lot of stuff outside of comics i'd say he's getting up there there's uh that super sons movie that came out the animated one 
And then the Superman and Lois show at the time of this recording, I think they just ended season three. Um, Jonathan Kent is in that show. And then um, oh. they've been like doing a little bit of stuff with him. I still hate the fact that Bendis made him a teenager. I feel like we should have had more time of him being a kid. So, but hey. Is what it is, right? The Bendis will do what the Bendis would like. Precisely. Okay, so, you know, my next question for you, Jay, is what was your introduction to Tank Girl? Yeah, so uh, a while ago, I was hanging out with uh, a couple friends of mine who I was actually part of the uh, group for their, uh, at least my one friend's wedding, not too long ago. Um, and I was hanging out with him and, and his group of friends, and we were at his house, and uh, his guitarist, because he's in a band, um, just randomly put it on it was like really really late at night and i was like why not let's check it out and we had watched the tank girl movie and it was so chaotic and kind of all over the place and just not really all that all that good but i loved it i really enjoyed watching it it was a it was a thrill ride and i really wanted to check out the comics and uh, I just found this comic uh, during Free Comic Book Day. Uh, that was a couple weeks ago now. And I just recommended it. And what the fuck? I, <laughs> I, I, I wish I had a better idea of what it was before we did. But holy shit. Uh, but that was my introduction to Tank Girl. What about you, Damon? Honestly, I'm glad you recommended it because, like, I like giving indie, indie comics some love. I would say this is a pretty popular indie oh, comic totally. series. But oh yeah, I said I I would say I had a good ride reading it. At first, I was a little taken aback because I was reading bits of it at work, and then on my on my iPad, mind you. And then I'm like, okay, third Ooh. page, titties, and I'm like, oh shit, let me put this shit yeah. away. Yeah, did not this, expect this, that. Uh, this comic is very nonchalant with being very raunchy and very explicitive and it's it's such a different turn from any other comic that we've read it's so bizarre yeah but i, I loved it it was fun it was fun i would say uh, my first introduction to tank girl would have to be i watched bits and parts of the movie didn't know what the hell was going on i was a little kid and then i remember on on demand which honestly shit comcast should fucking sponsor us xfinity sponsor us because yeah, we, exactly. we talk about on demand so many times i remember there we was built a, our childhood around you exactly you remember how like when you'd go on on demand there'd be like uh like just trailers on the corner where it does tell you what's happening yes. on demand or whatever i remember they had this thing talking about superhero movies and how like oh comic book movies we we, we, we got them all da, 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 da. And guys, this is the early 2000s. So the comic book movies they did have were mostly trash. And I remember they were talking about Tank Girl as well. And I turned it on, did not know what was going on. I stopped it halfway through. I'm like, okay, because I'm a kid. I couldn't really piece together. I will say I thought Lori Petty was Gwen Stefani. I thought that was Gwen Stefani. Uh. I really did. Like I, I, For the longest time, I thought that was Gwen Stefani. Down to the mannerisms and her way she sounded. But... Hey, um, I got to say, I like Lori Petty. And from what I could see about some of the fans of the comics, they said she did a good job as the character. But uh, the movie itself wasn't that great towards the character, which is weird because the movie has like gotten cult uh, classic status. Like A lot of people say it's like a guilty pleasure. Um, and I remember Ice-T was in there, the kangaroo dude. Yeah, it was a wild ride. That was my first introduction to Tank Girl, I would say. Uh, another fun fact, Lori Petty, who played Tank Girl in the movie, also is the voice of uh, Livewire in Superman the Animated Series. Oh, no kidding. That's fucking wild. Yeah, and Livewire is uh, Animated Series' original character, but has become a big character in the actual comics, similar to how Harley Quinn is. I was just going to say. Uh, wow, so two little cult classic characters, uh, kind of thankful to her in, in their own respects, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Tank Girl. Fucking bizarre, huh? Yeah, like we said, this book was just fucking wild, I would say. But you Literally, know what? Sorry. Honestly, let's just figure that out after we dive in. So, guys, buckle up. 
sit down in your tanks and let's go and let's dive in. And this is your time, Daenerys, now. She's a great, great sound engineer. Good job, Daenerys. Yeah, that was fantastic. Woo. Woo. Okay, so summary for this one is our hedonistic heroine and her long-lost chum come to blows as two girls in one tank reaches its tear-jerking terminus? Is that it? Terminus? Keep the tissues handy, folks. Yeah, keep the tissues handy, folks. You're going to need the whole box. Okay, so um, apparently this book was also create, um, was done by her original creators, at least from what I could tell. Yeah. And... I have so many questions, Jay. I really do. I really do. And I know that we talked about our initial thoughts throughout the beginnings of this episode, but is there anything else you want to add on to your initial thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I read this first one before recommending it for the show during that weekend, and I really enjoyed this first comic. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I keep saying that it's bizarre, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I really do enjoy my time reading this comic. And at first, I, I thought it, it was so short. I was worried that we were going to have enough to really even talk about it. So initially, I thought that it was not going to have a whole lot of meat to it. But when I started to read into the second and the third issue, and when I got to the conclusion, I mean, I still don't feel as though that it was a huge story, but it was... It was a really fun ride to go along, and I am so amazed with how much they were able to cram in such a small amount of uh, of releases. Yeah. Like, honestly, this book, for me, I honestly was in the same boat as you when we first started reading it. I just was like, okay, this is, is there enough meat and potatoes to really go around for this story? Because... That first, it was just a ball sort of the wall, random action, random stuff, random jokes. And some of those jokes really did hit well. And I was like, wait, um, where we're going with this? And then, like, I think by the third issue was when it did, like, a whole, like, 180 and became yeah. a deeper story. And I was like, wait, hold up. I was not expecting that at all. Like, at all. Because, like, I really wasn't expecting it to get to where it went towards the end. And... I will say the only issue I had with it was primarily the pacing because uh, some of it just felt like out of left field. And then when they were trying to do the heavy handed stuff, it was like, OK, we got to hurry up and do it. Got to hurry up and do it. Got to get there. We can't let it grow. We can't let right. it breathe. There, there didn't really feel outside of this first issue. I felt like there was a couple of panels that did it fine enough. But outside of that, I felt as though that they were trying to think of a story to make and they had an idea at the beginning and then it kind of turned into something else. Like it just feels like it, it alone in the story takes a strange tonal shift to become something a lot more dramatic. So I, I guess soups uh, for a little bit of the story here, the idea is like there is this woman who works at a showroom mm -hmm. and randomly this guy comes in with tank girls magnificent tank that is well-renowned because tank girl is this outlaw that is wanted by everyone mm -hmm. uh, along with all of her friends and her uh i believe either boyfriend or husband i can't remember they say partner uh, that's what they say partner uh booga who is a anthropomorphic kangaroo man um, iced tea yeah, who's Ice-T <laughs> in the movie. Even in the art kind of makes so him look like Ice-T a little bit at times. And I was like, kind of taking I'm back. trying to... It's it's weird, because I'm trying to, in my head, give a bit more of an Australian kind of accent to these characters. But it's kind of hard not to think of Ice-T because of the movie. Yeah. You know? I didn't realize that it took place in Australia. Like, it makes sense when you think about it. But, like, when I first got into the book... um, I would say after maybe the third page, actually, no, when we first see Tank Girl reacting to her tank being gone, that's when I was like, wait, and even having in my notes, I'm like, wait, are they Australian? They're Australian? I was taken out. This takes place in Aust uh, Australia. And then as you get further in the book, you can even tell based off of the slang they use and the terminology they use and all other type of stuff. And I was just like, wow, okay, that's actually pretty cool. 
I dig it. Uh, I also love that the only reason why she has lost this tank is due to Booga losing it uh, in like a drunken haze, like gambling. I and, didn't see that. I, I did not see that in the story. Yeah. Uh, when the woman at the showroom asks about it, the, the guy. Oh. I can't remember. Yeah. He says, like, I, I won it off a of kangaroo gambling how the hell did they not piece that together because like Boo, i don't think tang girl even finds that out because i think booga he yeah, lies booga lies yeah everyone oh lies. and he even hints at it because uh when tank girl is trying to get more information on how to get more money to buy a new tank um they meet decaf dave and uh decaf dave like i think booga like says on the side like why are we going to see decaf dave i gave you a pretty good tip so I thought I thought decaf Dave was gonna spill the beans, but no, he gave them a tip on how to get more money, which he ultimately lied yeah, about. Yeah, no, decaf Dave is dope. We meet decaf Dave after learning about the the loss of the tank, and luckily they have a couple tanks of their own, like just in case of this precaution. Even though like Booga ends up in like this little tiny little. It's just so cartoonish. The more I keep talking about this stuff, I'm looking at my shit. <laughs> it, 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 the, it's the, wild. The comic's not, a, not afraid of being surreal, for sure. And mm -hmm. I love that. And I love these little moments of the characters being so Looney Tune and ridiculous. Uh, especially Booga uh, in this first comic when he is stuck in a little tank. And he's, like, missing throughout, I think, like, the second comic during yeah. like, the entire fight because randomly tank girl is able to find her tank because the showroom woman disguises herself to look like tank girl something like snaps in her head uh and i don't know it was from there things felt fascinating mm -hmm. but i need to know what you think about the twist of all of this damon okay Let's just get into that because the twist of it all, I kind of felt like I was, <laughs> I felt like I was someone who was like watching this unfold and I shouldn't really be in the room for this unfold, <laughs> for, for this unfolding. You know, like you ever feel like the, you're, you're ever the friend that like is watching a really personal thing happen between two people and you're like, oh, I don't really know the context. I'm not even a part of this story, but I'm going to still watch. That's what it felt like, you know? <laughs> That's totally what it was. That's it literally felt like that. And, you know, um, basically the twist was that the art room gallery woman, um, the reason why she felt such a connection to the tank was because she actually was Tank Girl's long-lost friend, uh, her best friend, who is Sub-Girl. And at this point, I wrote in my notes, and I'm like, so there's different girls? There's different, like, monikers? We learned that there's Jet Girl, Sub-Girl. Yeah. And then Manic Woman, who is Barney. There's so many of them. And I don't know. I've never heard of these other characters until reading into this comic. Now, granted, I don't know a lot about Tank Girl. I've read a little bit about her after watching the movie because not that I got like fixated about it, but I just thought it was so bizarre what made this character interesting enough or popular enough to have gotten a film in the first place, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't know many people who's really talking about it. It was Tank big Girl. in the 90s. I don't have any fans. Like, Tank Girl's a big character. She was. And I remember um, I went on a date with somebody who was a huge fan of Tank Girl. And they were, like, breaking it down to me about how, like, um, Tank Girl wasn't, uh, was, like, kind of a reaction to just, like, a lot of different things within the comics, uh, comics landscape. And then it also was a reaction to just being rebellious in terms of uh, things that were happening in, Euro in uh, the UK mm -hmm. and Europe and shit like that. I could be missing the mark completely, but they were like breaking it down to me. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, I know that the original uh, run of the co comic, the art was a lot um, more, it was different than what we're seeing right here, um, based off what I could tell. I don't know. Um, I, honestly, this is making me want to, um, this is making me want to dive more into uh, Tank Girls comics. And Yeah, right? Yeah. Everything about this character the more that you find the more interesting she becomes I, I will say though just sidebar uh she is not australian she is british i just want to make oh, sure i fix that little asterisk. Yep. okay because i'm looking at stuff here on the side um in my notes here and it is british okay uh, i apologize for that um, so it's not australian and, okay yeah and also the two creators of this uh they're they're the only reason 
how the comics able to be get produced because it's it's independent it's so small of a of a creation which is also probably why it's only four issues as well okay yeah. but again they get a lot done in four issues because yeah. before we get to that twist the two the fake tank girl and actual tank girl are in this giant fight on the tank and the feds are after them because tank girl again is like an outlaw and she robs people and you know th none of these characters are necessarily good people either but they have uh, the morals which was also they have their own morals for sure but that doesn't make them good people mm -hmm. like there's at one point tank girl's friend i forget uh do you have it in your notes i think i forgot to write her name down oh which one is it barney barney thank you mm -hmm. yes she destroys eviscerates completely <laughs> Oh God! I'm so glad you brought that up. I put that in my Vaporizes notes too. Vaporizes a human being. It was funny though. Gun. It was yes, funny. It like was. I felt bad for laughing, and in all honesty, at that moment, I was thinking about how a Tank Girl animated series could possibly work. Hell, I could even see it being a James Gunn movie, because that comedy right there, I felt bad for laughing. But man, you know what, Soups? Let's describe. Let's set the picture of what that joke was. Basically, it's at the point where Tank Girl and her team, along with Jet Girl, are going to save Tank Girl from getting caught by the cops. After the altercation with the fake Tank Girl and Tank Girl, they got kidnapped by the cops. They're in jail. They have this whole operation to go ahead and just, like, break them out and everything. Uh, Barney is on the guns, and she is basically, like, trying to stop the sheriff from calling back up. So she has a big Gatling gun, like a freaking big minigun, whole slew of bullets or whatever. And luckily. Luckily, yeah, I guess. And she starts shooting the dude. And it's like, like full on automatic. She's literally punching, like turning him into Swiss cheese. And the entire time she's like, hmm, did I get him? Did I get him? I don't think the, I, you know what? I think yeah, I had the safety she, on. She kept going. She reloads the gun. It jams at one point. She accidentally clicks the safety and it still like, is this working goes on for a couple of pages. And that's why I'm talking about the comic at certain points can just be super violent. And it's funny. It's fun. But I also think of like how it kind of relates to how bizarre shit is in like the boys yeah. or other comics like that or the mask, you know, things that are so like bizarre and ultra violent in their comics and graphic novel forms and only so few of them actually get that kind of representation outside of that comic you know what i mean mm -hmm. so tank girl also has a lot of weird and strange action moments in the film i wouldn't say nearly to the degree of how the comic is able to display it but uh, i would say it definitely clips the wings as to just how wild this comic gets and and within the same issues, we can see this whole violent massacre happen onto this dude. And then they, they just go and chill and drink beer and fart for like for like four pages. And then yeah. we get a bunch of like federal agents and all these type of people talking about how they're trying to get Tank Girl and all these different plans and it, it, it feels as though that there's a lot of different like tension that is there to build the characters onto the story because eventually it turns into them trying to find Subgirl's submarine. Yeah. And uh, suddenly this character goes through another shift in mood change at one point. She and almost becomes kills like a, Tank Girl. Yeah, almost kills Tank Girl. But we can't forget about... Uh, Oh my goodness, I did not write anyone's name down for this episode. I had to so write their names them. down because some of those names are hard what to really remember. The the little fucking punk rock robot that she took. There's like a whole... She named him Shirley. Shirley, thank you. Yeah, and her, there's, her there's and a lot Shirley. of weird shit was going on. Like, it's weird because I, I, I like how Tank Girl and her posse, they have their own set of morals because what I can think of is that they only kill people if they're fucking with them or if they're bad people, from what I could tell. And I don't know. It, I don't know. It's, it's just a wild, like a wild ride of a book. 
The thing that got me, though, was when we learned exactly what happened to Subgirl. Um, that was very interesting. And this honestly made me write this down. It made me wonder, how old are these characters? Because basically, Soups, we learned that the art woman who had that connection to the tank is actually Subgirl. And then we learned partway later on, a couple of issues later within the actual storyline, that she's Subgirl and the reason why she was gone, and this is a real character that they didn't just make up, this is a character that has been in the books for a while. Yeah, was who died for like years ago, died. Yeah, died years ago. And uh, basically, they say what happened is that like when she was shot down during one of their heists or whatever, um, luckily there was a surgeon in the store who patched her up and stitched her up and saved her or whatever. She then was in a coma, but she didn't really remember everything. And once she woke up, she then got her life together and became a fucking art person. But once the tank came in, she doesn't remember that there was a connection. Then there was another twist later that Jay and I are going to get into a little bit, a few more, a little bit later. But like, um, even that, this, them talking about that, because they said that she was gunned down 23 years ago, right? And I'm assuming at the point of the book being out, they're talking like real life time. How old is Tank Girl if they was doing this shit 23 years ago in, in continuity? Were they teenagers well, when they started? Or are they like, I, I'm confused. I'm confused. I don't know the age. I know that Tank Girl's been around for a while. Originally, she wasn't even a comic. She was a part of a British magazine. Mm -hmm. So she only had like a few pages out of that magazine whenever that came out. And then it kind of became into its own little mini comics. And I know that there's bigger like volumes now of tank girl comics put together and little art books of tank girl there is th this smaller niche audience that does keep the publishing alive but i don't know many people that know of this this longer history of her she dates back at least into the 80s which makes it really fun especially with these char characters like shirley like, the only reason why this robot exists is because there's randomly these massacre uh, houses. Or like yeah, these, little uh, cities that people can take their that families to. you can to. go around and you can just vent your frustration. And that's just a little bit of lore. And the only reason why we can remember that is because Shirley gets taken by Subgirl, names him Shirley, makes him her bitch. And, and eats his flesh. Essentially. It's, yeah, fucking becomes a cannibal at one moment. Like, shit that just gets me so out. bizarre. This is all within, like, four issues again. Like, it's it's a really bizarre comic, but there's so much lore that has been built up over the 80s that is still the same character that is really bizarre to look back on and see what stuff that's being called back. Maybe for me, I felt a bit disconnected from the story just because I don't have that history. But where the story was going was fascinating enough to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it felt as though that things were stringed together by events that fit within the individual issues. Mm -hmm. But even, you know, obviously work together if you read them all, right? Because it has its own congruent story in between. But it really does have their own bits of mini adventures up until, like, the second half of the third comic. Like, yeah. that's when things start to get, like, really real and we get to the climax of the underlying story. But it kind of just, it felt so disjointed. And I think that's my one issue talking about the comic, if anything, is that things did feel disjointed at times because of that. Yeah. And I'm grateful for at least that lore that they're adding into it since the 80s and stuff that probably would have a better connection for me if I've read more than just this and have watched the movie. But it's very difficult to find Tank Girl in comic shops as well. Mm -hmm. I know that there's these books and volumes that exist, but they're not cheap. And when you go and you try to find these single issues, like I, I did here with this comic, it's it's very difficult. Yeah. They don't cost a lot, but it, they're hard to find. You know what I mean? 
A lot of it's probably out of print too. So a lot of times you'd have to go searching for it if it's out of print. Um, and that does happen with like all comics in general sometimes. I loved the callback to the continuity. Just the only question I have is just how old are these characters? If you're saying that that goes back to 23 years ago, and I'm assuming 23 years ago at the time of that book coming, at the time of like Two Girls, One Tank coming out, they're referring to the actual date and year that that issue they're referring to came out. Because that's all the way back in the 90s, if that was 23 years ago. Right. Well, it's even it, she's even older than that, you know, because she's from like 88. So my question would be how old, like not the character in creation, think, but how old is she in the books, if that's the case? Because wouldn't she be I, like I mean, in her it, 40s then? Admittedly, I don't know if she's a character that ages. Like, I think it's like a family guy thing. You know oh, OK, I mean? so they can only like it's like it's, it's a part of the joke. Like she's going to still say the same age, but like they can still refer to Okay, being kind I, I of I imagine, I, I feel bad because I don't know a whole lot about this character outside of these bizarre little adventures, but I think that's also the idea of this character. Because when I look through the, the artwork that these guys did throughout the whole comic, it has a little bit of this nice realism to it, but it also feels so cartoonish in its colors and by its sharp outlines on characters. Mm. It felt animated. And yeah, and I don't, from other comics that I've looked through and panels that I've seen online, it doesn't look as though they stay consistent with that either. Mm -hmm. So I feel as though that Tank Girl kind of just exists in her own little paradoxical universe that does have its own uh, for going plot like other comics do, you know, its own soap opera-esque tropes mm -hmm. uh, and callbacks. But I don't think that it's a character that really goes on and progresses to a greater extent. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I've just pissed off every Tank Girl <laughs> fan in existence. But that's how it really comes off. Even from the movie, I don't feel as though there's a whole lot that the character really progresses with. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's just something in particular with this character and that's just the part of the journey. But um, she definitely does feel different along with her cast of characters like Barney and Jet Girl. I want to read more about Jet Girl, if I'm being quite honest. Like, I loved following Tank Girl, but I'm honestly curious about Jet Girl because she's cool. These characters are all cool and they all are great with their own personality. And it makes me really curious about where, like, just, I don't know. It, I will admit, this is making me want to read for forward. This really yeah, is making me yeah. read forward. I do wonder what it is like outside of being in Tank Girl's world necessarily. I don't know if these characters do have their own comics. Like I don't I don't know if Jet Girl has her own run or if she exists solely in different issues of Tank Girl. I don't know why or how old even in in the comics history these characters are even around because from what little history I know, I never saw anything about Sub Girl or Jet Girl. So I mean, it was a fun little twist, but even then, like, I don't, I don't know, you know, it's, it, it's weird not having that frame of reference for a character, especially yeah. when we're always surrounded by characters that are so enriched in history that we're told over and over again, that it kind of, you know, kind of feels like we get hit over the head with the same information, say like Superman or a Batman story where people are so tired of seeing their origins. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel as though I cannot find any solidified origin for Tank Girl when I try to look her up. And when I do, it just kind of finds stories and it's of Tank Girl. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or like Zorro. Like Zorro just kind of appears. I can't think of any like from the original like radio shows and, and, and black and white show. You know what I'm saying? where that kind of origin as an example i don't know why zero came to mind but that's what i like stuff like that like no like one kind of route of reference but at the same time though i yeah. think that makes it even more fun um because i love um figuring out reading orders to different characters or how to get into a character how to give you a great frame of reference for the character so that way you can piece together your own thing and sometimes i'll admit i in some areas i'm a believer that when it comes to comics 
making your own headcanon can be very helpful to understanding a character and contextualizing what's going on with the character. I'm not saying make your own fan fiction and believe shit that isn't completely there or you don't have any things to back it up, but sometimes it can be helpful. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. But speaking, I remember you mentioned twists. Speaking of twists, what was your thoughts on the twist upon the twist when it came to Subgirl, where we learned further that, like, it wasn't just the doctor. There was a lot more to it, and this is also the reasoning for her having her mental snap as it gets further and further into the story. Oh, yes. Where, basically, Soups, what happened is that, yes, she was safe, and yes, she had the, uh, had the, the coma, but the doctor never left her side throughout her entire time in the hospital. And she said that the doctor was sick, like he was a sick-ass person. And what he did is that he, kind of, he manipulated her after she got out of the hospital, when she didn't even remember who she was. He was a successful plastic surgeon who basically, there was an actress within this universe who had, had been in numerous movies and everything but the thing is, though, she never aged, and he was the reason why she never aged, because he's a plastic surgeon. And they fell in love and all this other type of shit. He was manipulative. But when Subgirl came to the hospital, he recognized that he, she looked a lot like the actress. And she, yeah. he then brought her home and had her play along and had her dress up in the actress's clothing, even going by the actress's he name. He essentially like vertigoed her. Yeah. That. Yeah. And then he basically the minute she started remembering bits and pieces or she rebelled and didn't do the things that he wanted, the abuse went further and he stuffed her into like this chicken coop that's human sized and gave her dog food and he kept her in there for ten years. Some sick shit. This is all the same comic that is also filled with a bunch of just random titties and farts. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, it, it, it I, goes there. It's actually really sad. It goes so wild. And, yeah, it does have its own uh, good work at those emotional beats, even with this visual style. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. To me, I feel as though I'm missing something to it just because of how disjointed the, the tone is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Part of me, part of me felt as though things would always ramp up and then we would make it to a conclusion. And I get it. In the end, we're trying to get to this twist, but it felt like the story was always trying to get us just towards a different twist. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Not not. And, and it was probably just stuck to the kind of idea of trying to get bigger than the last twist that was done in the previous issue. Something to get readers continuing to to keep reading. Right. For how much it costs to get this book published. But taking this kind of turn was so bizarre tonally in the story, but did feel very satisfying when after Subgirl and Tank Girl fight again, because she, she just has this weird moment of being just fucking vengeful. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know why that also meant being very aggressive and not talking about that with the other characters, because they're all friends and we've clarified that in this past issue i don't know why it had to become the way that it did you know what i mean exactly but she does get her her revenge on the doctor and kicks him into a pen and throws dog food in there and i think he's only in there for what would be comic time like 30 minutes and dude's no he's in there for two days because like, remember um, he was in there for two days yeah remember they said that like they were looking for her for two days uh because tank girl only had the description to go off because uh, Subgirl is the one who told her oh, the whole story. Right. And Subgirl only told her that like they were in a mansion that was a white house and da 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 and it was near like a cliff. So they spent like two days looking for this house and Jet Girl finally pulled up to the last like place and Tank Girl was like, this has to be it because this one fits her description the most. So when they got in there, um, yeah, so he was already in there. And I think Tank Girl even said that like he was already chewing down on like a good chunk of the dog food yeah, that was dude, in there. So he he, he, he was just eating it all. He's, he's already eaten that fucking cat. After two days? Damn. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Subgirl even told him like, hey, you got a month's supply. So I'm surprised he wasn't rationing, rationing that shit. I don't know. 
But you know, Tank Girl Dude didn't. was hungry. I, I guess so. Hungry? I guess so. I guess so. And we got your cravings. I, I, I guess around. so. You gotta work with it. And then on top, um, you know what? A part of me feels like the dog food in that universe because this book kind of felt like Tank Girl took place in like some type of apocalyptic future, present, whatever world. And uh, I bet you the dog food in that time is like random shit more so than it is now because like at least now probably it's like just some, fucking rancid yeah there's probably like now i think like in our world or whatever there's like more real meat type of shit in there i'm not saying humans can eat it i'm not saying humans should eat should eat it but i'm saying like more real shit I, compared to more rancid shit because the pocket i don't I know you. i don't know speaking of which it's it's also hard for me to really want to get behind sub girl when they talk about her memories and she used to feed her actual shit to people like yeah. it's like a prank like she would hide herself as a waitress and go to restaurants and disguise her shit looking like food i think i think that's just so wild and uh just gross like th like these characters again they're not very nice characters mm -hmm. so maybe that's another issue for me i don't know i don't, I, know. I don't feel as though overall that I enjoyed this comic as much as I really wanted to because of these kind of issues. I don't know. Uh, I, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. The only thing I would say is that there was instances where I did question the morals of the characters. Now, I left it thinking like, okay, yeah, they have some set morals, but there's a couple of instances where I was like, well, wait, you guys do kill people or you guys don't kill people? Because I was kind of taken aback when they went to that area with all the androids and killed them and everything. I was like, you guys just randomly killing people? But I'm glad the book was self-aware and had the characters be like, oh, we just killed a literal town. For what? What's the point of this? And then Tank Girl revealed, like, okay, yeah, they're not real people. They're androids. We wouldn't just be killing random people. Um, but, you know, with that last showdown, I kind of wish there was just a little bit more dialogue. Uh, I felt like uh, Subgirl kind of wanted to die. But Soup's basically, like we said, she gets to the White House, and we, she gets in there, her and Jet Girl get out of the plane to go to the White House. They see the dude in the chicken pen. They walk past him, go inside. And then it's the classic trope of choose. You know, like Green Goblin oh, from the same right. Raimi movie. Now choose, yeah. that type of shit. Because he had this weird telephone thing. Yeah, so there's a telephone booth, booths, a cubicle. Because it was because it was reminiscent of a movie that the actress was in so the two of them would reenact it or some weird probably kinky kind of stuff going on let's be honest in this kind of universe uh but it's set that only those two people can enter the booth or it's like unlock set it. to like yeah or it's set to become like a death trap essentially it becomes a saw trap just out of nowhere like that that's another thing is a lot of stuff just becomes overtly plot convenient. Yeah. Like now all of a sudden for like the why end was of the plot Subgirl just sitting in there. I I felt like there could have been a way for us to get her to get in there cuz how would she have known within those 2 days Tank Girl would find her unless she was just sitting in there after she did what she did to the dude and she was like okay, they could find me any minute so I'm just going to sit in here. I don't know. It was a little inconvenient in that regard cuz uh yeah, Tank Girl and Jet Girl finds her at the yes. damn telephone booth. And then she tells them what's going on. Jet Girl is like, okay, well, I can help you out. I can get you out of here. Boom, shit locks. And they're like, ah, oh, shit. Jet Girl, I'm assuming already knew this was going to happen because she kind of was in the panel smiling while telling her more of the details as to what this was supposed to do. Tank Girl goes outside, grabs the doctor from the fucking chicken coop, comes inside, Asks him what happens. That's where we like learn more about the telephone booth. And long story short, if there's an imposter, it's going to then fill up with water and the person's going to die. There's a switch to choose which person you want the water to go into. That makes no sense to me, though. Because if he made that just for himself, why would there be a switch to choose which side? Like you said, Jay, it's a little too convenient. But, you know, yeah. I could buy it. I just, you know, I'm just saying it looked convenient. My brain, like, flipped the switch when I read it. But looking back on it, yeah, it's a little too convenient. 
that's that's the one thing is there is a lot that's happening within these four issues but in order for everything to have uh, a wrap up and then a twist to get you to come back they have to find some way in the plot convenience to make sure that everything can happen in the way that the storytellers want to take take these characters exactly and I don't know. I don't know if the idea came about when they're like, let's bring Subgirl back or let's do a twist where there's another tank girl. I don't know which one of those came first, but I feel as though one of them came first before the other. And that's where things kind of get a little funky. You know what I mean? Like either they had the first half of the comic really well figured out and then they decided to figure out the second half or they had the ending figured out, but no real solidified way how to make it all work and part of me wants to believe that it's the latter but then i think of the ending where it was like oh these this is the choice now between uh was it jet girl or sub girl and mm -hmm. it's very clear that sub girl is going to die because well she was already dead mm -hmm. and she's like really just mean and antagonistic all of a sudden and she wants to die story. like it seems she like wants she wants to, to die. die she's a cannibal you know like there's nothing that's like really redeemable for this character so for maybe I would like say a little hardcore bit. how so i would say it's the fact that she went through all that abuse post being like resuscitated and you do feel bad for her because even the way she talks about it, she's like, I already didn't remember who I was. So he still scrambled my brain. And then she even talked about how she found her way out by like digging under the chicken coop. And she did a lot of shitty jobs based on what she said. And she said she finally landed that art job. Right. And the art job, she actually liked the art job. Right. I get that. But it feels as though that that's the only part of the story that's able to figure out how to intertwine the two. Like, what is it about that that causes Subgirl to want to become Tank Girl and not go back to becoming Subgirl? And why don't we just take the entirety of the story and learn about Subgirl? Well, the idea of there being two Tank Girls had to have come in mind, right? The mm -hmm. idea of the like another Tank Girl and what shenanigans that would bring and i feel as though that they could have gone a little deeper with that if they wanted to like these could have been two different stories but it felt as though they were frankenstein together mm -hmm. um and that's the one thing i just or why she wanted to kill comic. tank girl too there was no really reasoning for it and i can aside from just her being crazy because uh honestly i feel like they could have easily thrown in a little subplot where it was that yes they were friends but there was a little bit of jealousy between the two especially from Subgirl. That would explain why she wanted to kill Tank Girl. That would explain why she felt the need to take on her persona at the beginning. Now, I get it, amnesia. So she probably was just thinking about how, who's supposed to drop right this? I'm having like a weird connection to it. But I feel like if that was added in there, that would have given the story a little bit more depth. But you know what? I still like the story. And uh, I don't know. What would you rate the story based off of that, though? Like based off of the stuff you're saying, like how would you rate I mean, the story? I, I know we don't really do like a whole lot of like ranking stuff now. I mean, but if I were to put it uh, in like a scale of, I, I I would say like maybe out of like five. Yeah, like how would you maybe do give it like I would give it like a two. Really? I think that's what I gave the movie as well. Really? Yeah. Like it's not that I'm not enjoying it, at, like as going along with the ride. It's just what i'm looking for out of storytelling and especially what i'm looking for out of the out of uh, comic storytelling is to find ways how to make things feel natural for the changes you know and that's something that i'm looking for in a comic is why are we going from this to that to this to that if things are going to be really bizarre and wild that's fine but as long as it feels very concise as to why we're taking these story beats right like the whole idea of Subgirl coming back. What really did that bring to the comic? Because in the end, she dies. She's the one who's chosen to die by Tank Girl. And it is emotional with them taking her body. And it's like confirmed dead for sure because they have her body. So 
unless she comes back again in like a couple years or a different issue, what was the point of bringing her back when half of the time she wasn't even her and the other half of the time she still also kind of technically wasn't her mm. because she's like this villain. She's this different character. And I get that, that that's an interesting story quirk. And we take it a lot of weird, different loony lore for Tank Girl's world out of the story. But other than that, what did we really gain? You know, like I didn't I didn't get very much a whole idea of, of a moral, if any, from Tank Girl's story. And maybe that's not the point. And that's OK. That doesn't make a story bad if you can't get a moral from it but next to other stuff that we've read i feel as though i didn't get any giant impact that i would have wanted to hmm. and maybe that may be found in other tank girl stories again I'm, I'm not a huge fan i don't know her very well but at least for this story i i kind of i kind of was left wanting more and kind of needing more personally okay okay i would say what, what did you think i would say for me I'd give it a 3.5 or a 4, primarily because I liked it. It was a fun ride. Uh, It was a fun ride. I loved the art. I, in the jokes landed, the dialogue was pretty fun. I would say when it came to, like, the emotional stuff, there were bits where it was, like, it had impact. But I do agree that there could have been more. I felt like, is this the type of story or character that is supposed to have all the depth in the world, like, say... I don't know if, I, if we were reading a Spider-Man book or Superman or Batman or any of the main title books or even books that ha- have um, a serious subject matter, I would feel like, yeah, I'm going to go into expect more depth from you. But this okay. book, it felt like it was just a shit ton of fun. And fair. that's fair. Yeah. A lot of the beats I'd say still hit. I still think there could have been maybe an extra page or two to dedicate a little bit more story. But I think they did what they were trying to set out to do. I don't know what it was, but I felt like they did it well. And I'm wondering if they did it just to have the doors open to expand upon later. Because it feels like, yeah, she died from drowning. But, like, it kind of felt open-ended. That I feel like they're going to probably do something with the character again. Um, but, you know, with all of that said, what do you guys think? Did you guys enjoy Two Girls, One Tank? Or maybe you guys didn't hear about it and want to go check it out. Let us know what your thoughts are after going and checking this out. So be sure to give us your answers by reviewing the show or messaging us on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturdays PC. Your messages and reviews can make their way on the show. This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. And I'm Jay Hayward, and you can tell me about how wrong my opinions were on Tank Girl by going to my Instagram at jaythemoviegal, or you can check out Damon at Damon underscore 1003. See you next Saturday, Supes.